You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430 episode 60. Very special guest, longtime friend, Mr. Jordan LeMay from GNR Game Calls. Well, he's wearing a lot of hats lately, just, but uh, just so everyone knows, his name's Jordan LeMay and it's JNR. Damien just sounded like a G because of his new accent. Oh, <laughs> does, does it sound like a G? It, it sounded just like a fucking G. Oh, sorry. <laughs> G. Still, still working on English, everybody. Still working on English. Um, Dave's up in Concordan. Uh, he's the only one from the from the crew that's on here tonight. Phil's working. Ryan and uh, Ryan and Merck are off gallivanting, doing something. I have no idea. Um, probably best that we not know what they're doing. Um, so it's just the three of us tonight. But we've got, like I said, longtime friend Jordan Lemay on with us tonight, um, who we've known for a long time, have hunted with and everything. It's just taken us, um, I guess, 60 episodes to, to get them on. So Jordan, all the way. Oh, and I got to mention this all the way south of the border. <laughs> <laughs> and, up- <laughs> and upstate New York, just across the border from us here in Kingston. Um, and Brockville, that kind of area. So right across the St. Lawrence. So um, when when you say you hunt the St. Lawrence, well, so does Jordan. So uh, so you're into the same into the same ground. So thanks, buddy, for coming on. Um, sorry, it's taken us so long to, to get you on here. No, guys, thanks for having me on board. Really excited to uh, chat tonight. Yeah. So so I sort of kind of alluded to it. So Jordan's the owner of J and R. Uh, game. Yeah, there it is. JNR Game Calls, regional manager for Drake Waterfowl, um, a big time mover for Kicks Chokes. Got, I don't know how many other things on the go that we can't really get into right now, but hopefully down the road you'll come back on and, and give that announcement. But, uh, you got, as Dave says, you have your mitts into everything. I, yeah, I've got my gloves into a few things. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, I, I like to be busy, busy, you know, busy keeps me focused, busy keeps my head turning. Uh, so the more, the more fires I've got, the better. Awesome. It's called plates. Awesome. Listen, um, I want to talk about J and R calls and just, and, Talk about like you've been around for a while, and and I remember uh, we had met up one time at a uh, here in Kingston, and and you had joined us in Brockville at a at a Punisher Waterfowl camp a bunch of years ago as well. And I remember talking to you, and we were talking about JNR calls and stuff. And I said, you know, like you know, you're, you're so eager to come over on this side to do hunting and stuff like that. And you had said, well, yeah, like the like you guys are are a big customer of mine. So of course I'm coming over and, and, you know, just, just tell us about your mentality towards your calls. And it's not just duck and goose calls. Like you do Turkey calls too and, and, and everything. So, you know, tell us a little about JNR calls. So, you know, JNR game calls was founded in 2010. So back 11 years ago now, um, we're less than a mile from the border. Um, if I walk out the call shop right now, I can see Canada. So, you know, naturally the border kind of never existed growing up mm-hmm. where, uh, we would go over for dinner. We go over for the weekend up to, uh, there was a big hotel in Ottawa. So mm-hmm. the border wasn't there. And, um, with that years ago, uh, our season would close early in December for, for waterfowl. And we still have a lot of, a lot of season left as far as birds freeze up. So we started looking at getting a Canadian license and, you know, that's kind of where the market just, open up the doors we we made a few great connections in the kingston area mm-hmm. uh, partnered with a television show in 2013 uh, as exec, executive producers and um 
we've been rolling north ever since with with you know our different boats over the years trucks trailers we've canada is where we spend most of our fall uh-huh. and, and when you talk about that like how you used to have a short season it just blew my mind and you're explaining it to me the first time we met and you're like and then you show me where your call shop is on a map relative to where we were and like you could pretty much piss across the lake there or yeah the lawrence yeah. and you're like all you have to do is cross and you're into Canada and they're still hunting, but you're in New York. So you couldn't, it was just like, that's kind of, that was something that just blew my mind when you first mentioned it. So, you know, to give you a little explanation of how close I really am uh, last fall, our season closed December 6th border was closed. We had our best season ever. Uh, we were shooting three, four man limit three and four man limit of whistlers. It was 60 degrees out in November. We were, we had our best season. We were on the birds. And the border was closed and our season closed. Uh, we hung our hats, put the boat away for the winter, had lots of other stuff to do. But um, between Christmas and New Year, again, my shop is about a half mile from my house uh, on the other side of my family's property. And I woke up one morning between Christmas and New Year and heard, heard the Canadians, heard you guys pounding on the ducks. Uh-huh. And I messaged, I messaged a buddy of mine, Corey Alkerton, and uh, I said, hey, how was your hunt? And he goes, what do you, what do you mean? I said, well, I heard, I heard you shooting them this morning. He goes, yeah, hey, we, we, we weren't too far from you. So, you know, I'm, I am that close where in the morning I can hear the Canadians pounding on the birds. Well, I also, my, my story on how close you were was a couple of years ago, you were at a, a Punisher camp that we were holding down in Brockville and you had come up strictly to hunt uh, geese in the field. And then Saturday evening, you said, well, I'm going to go back, pick up my boat, bring it here, and then we'll hunt the next morning in the boat. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I said, you're going to go all that way? And you're like, all that way? It's literally like, I'll be back here in an hour. And I'm like, yeah. what? And yeah. and so you did. You like left Brockville, drove, picked up your boat, and you were back within an hour. And I was like, this is wicked. And everybody was pretty excited to see that boat as well well yeah that was I probably think, one of the most memorable boat trips i've had man we were uh, we were loaded <laughs> i think the uh, best story from that whole boat trip is we're staying at a hotel and jordan were you uh police auxiliary down in the states there or what what were you doing back uh, then state trooper uh, i was i had just left the state police i believe back then just, mm-hmm. yeah i just left state police Jordan goes back, gets his boat, comes back. And people that are staying, like marijuana is legal at the time. It just became legal. And people are staying at the hotel in a different wing than we're at. And then all of a sudden you just smell like pot everywhere. And he's like, what in the hell? And I'm like, no, no, we're legal here, buddy. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The devil's lettuce is good to go here, buddy. Yeah, A little wacky tobacco. <laughs> a little wacky tobacco. That's right. And we're talking about your boat, like it's just any old boat, but that thing is a behemoth. Yeah, it is. Like they make rides at Canada's Wonderland just for that boat. (laughs) (laughs) We call it the the Whistler. It's a 2472 uh, Mod D modified John with a 175 Edmund two-stroke on it. We we did a little bit of work to it. Like it's no Jeff Coates boat, but it's definitely bigger than maybe Phil's boat. Oh, come on. Definitely bigger than Phil's boat though, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause Phil's is only 18 and a half feet. Right. I don't know what Jeff, Jeff's got like, well, what he calls it the world's largest duck boat. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. No, I, I, got, I think I got the I, pleasure of hunting out of it that day. Yeah. And that thing was, I was quite surprised at how well you guys were able to maneuver it and handle it. And it's got a full on blind all over it. It was, it was a treat to just hunt out of that. That was for sure. We, yeah. Uh, I think that was the day we had the most people on that boat ever. And it was, uh, it was a little sketchy coming back. If you remember, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. There were some fellas that hit some uh, bucket list birds on that hunt too, right? Like uh, Sean yeah. Norris, Sean Norris got his first Buffy. Um, yep. Greenside I, got the grant, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Greenside got now across from Cardinals. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like it, it was a good, it was a good hunt. And then, you know, it was sort of out of the blue because no one was expecting to be on the St. Lawrence. And then uh, you show up with, uh, with the earth there and, uh, and everybody piles in and two by two, everybody piles in two by two and off you went and, and shot some, 
shot some divers. So, so it was good. And, and uh, yeah, so get just to talk a little bit more on just how close you were to the Canadian border. Yeah. Not far at all. Not, I mean, we go over there for, I, uh, kind of a comical story. I met my wife when we were dating. I, uh, her, she loves Starbucks coffee and the closest Starbucks to me is an hour and a half uh, south in the water town. And I found a Starbucks in Brockville. So I ran over to Brockville to get my wife. A <laughs> Let's just say your Canadian, your, your customs agent didn't, wasn't too impressed that I uh, had to cross the border and leave a country to get a coffee. <laughs> you know what? I find, I find our border guys are, are just sticks in the muds compared. Your guys are just, eh, Hey, what are you doing? I'm going here. Who are you going to see? Going to see this guy. Why? Cause of this. Okay. And off you go. You come into Canada. No. Not, you know, not so I, simple. You know, I, I hate to, you know, bad mouth any, anybody in that, in that job. But I think uh, sometimes I, I think they, the Canadian guys and, and the U S guys deal with a lot of people that are just aren't playing, playing, aren't being truthful whatsoever. So right. uh, they're just doing their job, but yeah, sometimes it can be difficult as yeah. I've learned. In the- yeah. Uh, there's always that one asshole that ruins it for everybody else. Right. Absolutely. 100%. You, did you guys need me? What? Sorry, I wasn't. I <laughs> thought you were talking about the asshole in the group right now. Yeah, <laughs> guy out. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Yeah, I know. So, Jordan, you got, yeah. you make duck calls and goose calls and turkey calls. What got you into doing that? Like, why, why'd you start? Like, one day you just said, oh, I want to be a call maker. So, you know, back in 2010, uh, my winter break, my freshman, winter break, freshman year of college. Uh, I was bored at night, had a few too many beers and decided to go down and play the wood shop. And uh, I'm playing on a lathe in my, in my, uh, you know, I was living with my parents still and uh, playing on a lathe in the wood shop and turned what looked like a duck call, drilled some holes into it, ran upstairs with a blind bag, ripped apart a duck call that I had and, and got it to quack. And it was, uh, it was an addiction from there, you know, started making it for my friends, getting them tweaked up, getting them right. And uh, then basically I just spent too much money on stuff to, to not try to get it back. Um, and then when, like I said, in, in 2012, 2013, when we got uh, asked to be, you know, executive producers to a Canadian waterfowl hunting show, um, one of our now elite staffers, um, really blew the market in Canada open for us. Yeah. And you have a very wide range of calls. Um, do you want to just go over what you have so people can know? Yeah, sure. So I've got, you know, I've got my basic lines of calls, my total chaos, my total mayhem. Uh, they're polycarbonate duck and goose calls. Uh, walking up the ladder, I've got my, you know, my, Mid-price goose call, my mid-price duck call, and then, then I've got my all acrylic uh, calls as well for waterfowl, for grunt calls, for whitetail. I've got, you know, uh, a grunt call uh, for turkeys. I do anything from, you know, a basic run-of-the-mill uh, pot call to the real high-end, real custom custom stuff that I really played around with this last fall, the spring. Uh, and then the same for everything else. I've got a whole variety. And these things sound beautiful, too, mm-hmm. and they look really nice. Man, the gloss on that thing was phenomenal. Yeah. I remember that call. That was a wicked, it was a wicked beautiful spalted maple. Yeah. Spalted, spalted maple. So tell us, so now talk to us about um, we'll get into we'll get into the regional manager with Drake and 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 sure. all the great things you're doing there. Talk to us about kicks chokes, um, because that's what we're using. Um and and you are a big time distributor for for kicks chokes. Um, so tell us why you use ch- kicks chokes. Why you use them? Why you thought about selling them and being a distributor for them? And and all of the good things when it comes to kicks chokes, if you don't mind. So back at my first event that we ever went to, uh, it was in Augsburg, our hometown, an outdoor show. We set up next to. Uh, now our elite staffer, Jay Barnes uh, from Frontenac Followers. And he was the East Coast manager for Kicks Industries, uh, owned by Chuck Boswell. And 
I had at the time a poly choke. Um, you know, I can't think of the name of the company on my 870. Uh, you'd crank it anywhere from improved to two X. Uh, and he kind of gave me a good chuckle when I, when I told him that, and he goes, you know, what gun you shoot? And I told him, you know, the old Remington 870, he goes, I'll get you a new choke. Didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Month later, have a choke in the mail. Um, he sent me a kicks choke. I, I, I used it. I loved it. Um, you know, the hits on the hits on, on, on the birds seem to be uh, more devastating because it doesn't stretch your shot pattern out. Mm-hmm. And they, they came on board with us uh, with 30 plus chokes sponsoring the TV show again that I go back to. Um, and then it just became a, a lot of my staffers wanted them. Yeah. So I started selling them. Um, and then I started selling them to their friends and, and then decided, you know what, let's, I'm selling enough of these, let's sell them. And now I think we're up to about 300 a year is what we're pushing. Wow. Impressive. They're and that uh, evolved too. Like he, Jordan was the guy that got us into kicks yeah. chokes and that's where that all evolved from. And that's right. So when I called kicks to, uh, to get on board, uh, I, I, you know, Hey, Jay gate, Jason gave me, uh, Chuck's cell phone number. And I call him. He goes, well, yep. Jay said you're on board. So what do you need? That, awesome. that was it. You know, the rest was history. Having that backing uh, from Jay was 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 money. You know, it was it's what it was. It, it was easy to roll with. Yeah. So now, so now, Drake. So there's a lot, and I and I get it. There's there's a ton of I shouldn't say a ton, but there's there's a number of of companies out there that that's doing you know clothing and and merchandise that that's geared toward the waterfowler i really can't think of a company that's been around as long as what drake has been around like they've been around forever doing this right and and they're just continue they're just even keel just always always doing their thing right they i mean they're there in the market they've uh They've got a pretty good market share of of the waterfowl industry. They're growing their their non typical white tail and uh, big game brand. They're they're bringing their old Tom technical gear into the market even bigger next spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know there's a lot of great things coming in the future. Probably really can't talk about, but um, of course they're they're definitely they're definitely bringing some some great things to the market in the future. And uh, you know they're bringing their old McAllister line back, which was. Uh, really really uh really nice yeah. when it took a few years and it's uh it's a great brand I, you know uh back in 2010 2011 uh we went to a youth event uh down in um Chimot, new york about an hour and a half south of us um it was at um kind of a high fence resort and the high fence resort uh they owned oldest technologies and a few other large outdoor brands and they, they've got a big uh, high fence resort down there. We had a youth event and uh, I sold a few calls and I kind of just went to Gander mountain and bought a pair of Drake waiters, my first pair of Drake waiters. A um, couple of years later, my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time bought me a Drake LST jacket. Uh-huh. And uh, it was, it was always the product that I looked at in the Cabela's catalog back when like, you know, outdoor yeah. stores, mail logs. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, you remember those thick fall yeah. and spring catalogs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd I circle put, everything that you wanted. And, exactly, mom, um, and mom and dad didn't buy me none of it. No, not at all. Not at all. So, um, you know, I I still got both. I, I don't have the waiters anymore, but I've still got the jacket. Um, and it, it was a natural progression. I got introduced to um, the New York regional director through uh, a company where I worked at the time um he brought me on board as a field expert and then you know like anybody in sales i pitched my idea to him about the door to canada a year later and and drake you know the 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 makers and shakers at drake loved it and uh the rest is history a year and a half about two years now in july yeah Yeah, i guess that's something that we need to touch on so like you are um even though you're based out of out of new york 
um, you are the Canadian manager, right? So everything, everything that, that goes on up here in Canada with regards to Drake and product getting into here, everything filters through you. So, um, so I, yeah, I really wanted to touch on that because just, uh, just to show just how important you really are. Um, so a lot of it goes through me, um, the, the direct sales uh, through their website, but anything, anything store wise, yeah, uh, like uh, Pat at Canadian Dude, Waterfowl, wow. yeah, um, you know, none of his stuff goes through me. The stuff from Cabela is for me. Um, that goes, they have a company uh, or a shipping company that picks that direct up from the fat from the warehouse and yeah, break. So a lot of it goes through me, um, but you know, not all of it, I would say, right. Um, so what's your big plans for this fall now? Let, let, let's hope that travel back and forth to border is going to happen. Um, do you have anything on the burn on the back burner right now planned for on the, on the Canadian side? I know being on the river, but, uh, actually on, on the land up here. Uh, so, you know, with, with the uncertainty in the border, uh, I, I kept three vacation days open mm -hmm. at work. I, I have a few hours reserved at work to still schedule. Uh, I've got to use them by January 28th. So it kind of falls in perfect with waterfowl season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the wife likes to think that I'm going to kind of save them for, you know, holiday weekends and whatnot. And I guess my holiday weekend is kind of a planning for the waterfowl hunting. Um, if the border opens up a little more loosely, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to make a trip to the Kingston Napanee area to see a few of my elite staffers and my staffers up there. Yep. Uh, we rent a cottage on the lake near. Who's freezing up me? And, or... and make a whole week of it. Who Who's freezing up? Is that me, Dave, or is it Jordan? Well, it appears as What's though, that, guys? Uh, I don't know if it was me that's freezing up or if, if you guys are, or if it's one of you guys, but someone's freezing up. And if I were a betting man, I would say it's me. Yeah, I think he might be as well. Okay. Looks like he's walking around showing off the boat and the property. Yeah. And, and uh, okay. Either way, he'll, uh, oh, he gone. He'll be back. He'll be back. No, it's it's pretty cool. You know, you said <laughs> a message. Um, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Jordan, Jordan just messaged and said uh, F-U-C-K. No, I don't know why I spelled that out because it's not like we've never, ever said the word on this show before. This might be the first episode we don't. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I think you said it right off the beginning shit yeah i think i i think five seconds in you dropped it so uh so yeah yeah, yeah it happens yeah, it happens i'm back guys yeah it's all good buddy that happens to me all the time yeah Verizon told me i was in canada and i lost my high-speed internet so i had to walk out the shop <laughs> it's like when we go i go over to wolf island it says that i'm in the states and yeah. and yeah it says i'm in the states and then my wife is my wife is calling me. She's like, I just got something from Rogers. Says you're in the States. I thought you were over on Wolf Island. Yeah, I am. Trust me. I'm I'm just yeah. I'm just yeah. really close to the border. That's all. Yeah. You still there, Jordan? Yeah, I got you guys. Yeah. So you're big into the deer hunting too, and you got that big deer property that you do. Yeah. So we've got our deer camp. Uh, we're doing it again this fall. Um, not as much commercially, but with some friends, um, it's a, it's a big property where we set up our deer camp. Uh, we set up an outfitter's tent, uh, from Cabela's, the Cabela's alternate tent with a camp chef stove on top inside and have a good time for a weekend. Yeah, that's good. So are there any bucket list birds that you have that you haven't got out of that big boat of yours? Uh, I mean, I'm hunting a pintail hard. I, uh. I've been I've been looking for a pintail for years. Uh, I I missed the opportunity three or four times in Ontario. Uh, mostly my fault, um, and honestly, never where I even pulled the trigger. It's just 
you know, I should have taken him on that last pass. Uh, wasn't loaded, whatever it was. So probably that would be my most number one, you know, bucket list bird in the boat. Yeah. Well, if you if the border opens, make sure you look up uh, Mr. Lockwood there with the chasing right. tail. Yeah. Yep. Right? They, they've got a few good spots for some uh, fin tail. I see every fall. Yeah, he seems to be doing good with it. Yeah, we hunt a lot of the same water when we get our boat over there, but uh, I think our boat's a little too big to get in skinny water and shallow water where he goes. Yeah, that's where the canoes and kayaks come in, right? Leo boats. Absolutely. We've tried a few times to get into that skinny water, and it's... Uh... Oh, lost him again. And I'm here by myself. So, yeah, if anybody doesn't know, Jordan has a... Uh a large variety of calls and anytime we do a banquet i'll call jordan up i'll be like listen i have an idea my idea is jordan i need 30 calls just like a, a basic line and he's always jordan's always there to to discuss your idea and make it work so if anybody's ever looking for something like that give jordan a call um and yeah like we did a game where we we bought a bunch of calls off Jordan and at a fairly good price, he shipped them to me and then we sold the calls and used that as a game at our last banquet. So, but yeah, Jordan's been having some trouble there. And with you walking away there, Damien, I was all alone for a minute. Now I can't hear Damien. Sorry, buddy. I had, I had the mic, uh, the mic muted. Well, I had a, I had a pile of uh, blue jays just uh, scream in here and, and start going nuts. So, um, which is weird because they were gone for a long time and now they all seem to be back again. Um, but yeah, like, you know, when you're talking about Jordan, Jordan, you know, Jordan done that, that retirement gift for me. Um, when I left uh, the forces, you know, he's just, just a spot on dude and, and, and willing to help you. The, the beauty about Jordan is that, um, he's easy to get in touch with hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can get in touch with them fairly, fairly easy and, and, you know, do you do your chat and, and figure out exactly what it is that you want. And, and I guarantee you, you'll be happy. And it's also one of those things that if there's ever like, you know, Oh, I want to carve my own decoy. Well, where, where do I get wood for that? Yeah. The first guy everyone says is call Jordan LeMay. Yeah. So if anyone's looking for anything, He's probably a good guy to talk to. Yeah, big time. The other thing I'd like to point out is that uh, Jordan living where he does, the reason that Jordan and I were able to meet is because of a Punisher camp. And that is the whole point of these camps is to bring people from all around together. It's We're not sitting there and like going through a checklist, like here's our top five invites. And no, it's yeah. not like that. The yeah. purpose of Punisher Waterfowl Camp is to bring good people together that may never have known each other or hunted together. And that's yep. exactly what it did. Yep. So 100%. That is 100% the reason why we do what we, uh, we do those camps. And you look back at all of the relationships that we've made over the last, over the last few years that, and it's all been because of, of those camps. And um, so, yeah. You back there, Jordan. Nice. Uh, froze up again. No, froze up again. Yeah. Oh, well, at least it's not just me. At least, yeah. uh, at least it's somebody else this time. Keep on yeah. cutting. He's saying it keeps on cutting out. It's all good. Um, it's all good. But yeah, like it, it just, uh, just a little bit of a different show. Um, everybody, uh, for people that are listening and, and it seems like, remember last week when we done the show and you said, oh, this episode's going to be dirty and it was actually a good show. This yeah. one, this one is going to be dirty. This, this, this one's is, ugly. Yeah. Yeah. This one is just, <laughs> this one's just ugly. It's yeah. just a three dressed up as a nine. That's all this is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, is Damien, uh, have you made any plans for camp number two yet? No, or, not, no, not okay. yet. No, no. Um, just because that's a big question we're getting asked. Yeah. So I just figured we could talk about it here. Yeah. No yeah, absolutely. It's going to be the second camp will be a, a, a veterans first responders um, hunt. And just like just like the first one, there will be zero notice given 
and it'll be it'll be announced on social media and we'll be taking you know 10 12 people and uh you know if, if the first camp was any any indication on just how popular these camps are um you best be ready because uh like i said four hours and and really i think we were sold out before four hours um but it was four hours by the time the, the money actually got into the 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 deposits actually got in so there he is i think he's back <laughs> i think there he is he's he's in the side by side he's, he's driving around that hey, side by side guys. like yeah can you hear me now yeah remember that old commercial <laughs> yeah that was that was verizon too i believe oh i don't know or was it at and i don't know either way yeah. he's off he's off he is doing that yeah he's all fucked up yeah um but yeah so the 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 first responders camp but we've got a couple other things that that's on the go and it's you know it's pretty it's pretty awesome when when i talk to people and and they're like man it seems like uh punisher waterfowl is doing good and and things are happening and stuff and i'm like yeah man it's, it's it's good we're doing good and now like like this morning i sent you a message i'm like hey man can you get some time off so we can go here and do a hunt with this person because they want us to come hunt with them and we really should because they've been big supporters of us um so now it's getting to the point where um yeah we we've got a we're getting asked a, a lot to go places and and do some things and and it's great and we love it um the problem is, is trying to find the time to fit it all in. Um, yep. You know, that that's the tricky part. Uh, and by no means am I complaining. And please keep the, the invites coming. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's so funny. You know, I started I started the brand for that very reason to get invited to go hunt with people. And now I'm I, I can't get out to go hunt with everybody that I want to go hunt with now. So. You know. So maybe another thing we should talk about, Damien, is uh, any update with Lander? Because I don't think we talked about uh, your little event there a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, well, she she got her first pass. She done her first pass on her junior hunter. Um, I like I didn't think she was going to have any issues with the junior hunter. Um, she's she's good, but on her second water retrieve. There was a, a five second period there where my heart went down to my toes because uh, I thought she was really going to pooch it. Um, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, she she managed to pull it off and, and she done great and, and she, she was awesome. Uh, so I'm heading to Newfoundland next week. Um, I'll be gone for two weeks and a bit. Um, so Bill Kennedy is going to run her for me to get her final two legs the final two passes for junior hunter and then before duck season opens this year i'll hopefully have two passes in the senior hunter done with her hopefully but we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes and it was kind of a new experience for me to watch someone as they're going through this and you could tell that that dog is trained and and it its tail's gonna wag and it's gonna be hyper wanting that bumper the whole time yeah. And Damien is nervous as. Oh, fuck. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not like it's not the it's not the dog. Like it, it it's 100 percent the handler, which I would have argued with anybody up until I got my own dog. But it is 100 percent like uh, Bill Kennedy says um, a fast dog trains slow and a slow dog train fast. And, and, and this is what he says. And Lander is a very, very, so like, if you watch some dog handlers, when they send their dog, they're, they're loud and they, and they say the dog's name and I've got to almost whisper it because if I'm loud or if I seem excited, that ramps her up even more. So like when, when I send her, I'm like Lander, that that's as loud as I, as I do it just because she, like she'll she'll do fucking cartwheels down down the down the field if I if I get her too excited you know what I mean so it is one hundred percent the handler that that makes and the, we've always heard that dogs can pick up on on your feelings and stuff like that right so um, 
and and she certainly can with me so yeah it, it is a pretty cool uh pretty cool experience to do that was the hunt side of things i've been following the field trial side of things as well and that's just a totally different beast but you know it's fun and and you know you're out with your dog and you're trying to get your dog ready for the upcoming season which is you know something that's totally different that you got to try and get the get the dog used to which is really what i've been doing the last the last week or so now is trying to get her used to the boat used to you know that whole bit sorry jordan buddy we we lost you there for a bit and then we went all off track and you're good guys i just jumped in the ranger and headed through the field got home (laughs) so another interesting fact about mr lemay here is uh he's actually a left-handed shooter with a left-handed gun and him and I know that we both are because we both shot the same super black Eagle too. Yeah. And the first time him and I hunted together, oh, birds came of... in oh, birds okay. came in, and I go to get up and I'm like, where's my goddamn gun? Well, Jordan grabbed mine. Cause they're, <laughs> they both, we didn't know and right. mine was the same as his and he just grabbed it and shot. And then I'm like, what? and he's like, this one feels a little bit different than mine. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's cause it's mine. <laughs> <Of course>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, but yeah, it was interesting. Like it's a good, yeah. I thought, I thought you were going to say something about Bodie is fighting to get on the, to get on the left, left hand side there. Um, no, I was just going to say like, it's a good thing. Jordan picked up the gun. It's probably the first two birds that bird, that gun ever shot in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a uh, uh, Jordan. I, something I wanted to, to ask you. And it just reminded me here when you were talking about the guns, but um I'm hearing a lot from south of the border. Just it seems like there's a an ammo. Is there an ammo shortage, or is it fellas just making a mountain out of a molehill here? You know, I think um, I don't know the exact number, but I believe it's right around a million new gun owners in the U.S. in the last three to five years. Uh, add that with the with the manufacturing delays from COVID. Right. Uh, you've got an increased supply or a decreased supply. Yeah, increase, increase in demand. Yeah. Um, Cause for unprecedented, I mean, three, four, five hundred percent inflation on on ammo. Um, It's definitely been brutal uh, on the ammo supply, not to mention one of the major manufacturers uh, in New York uh, in a global company, driving arms got shut down uh, and went out of business in the midst of COVID. And, uh, our governor just wouldn't let them back open uh, due to COVID. Mm. So, you know, t- take one of the five major manufacturing companies of, of ammo out of this equation, uh, you know, yeah. increased, increased supply, decreased manufacturing and extra money for people to spend from COVID cash led for just, it, it led for a mess. Wow. Well, I certainly hope it gets all squared away. I, I see, I keep watching my feed and I seen, um, a couple I seen a couple fellas on my on my Instagram feed just saying they locked out and were able to get a couple cases here and there and and I guess at a at a reasonable price. So um so it got me wondering just exactly what what's going on. And I and I think uh we've had we've talked to some people in the past and they've been saying that that they are expecting some shortages in ammo down there. So um has, which has is, that done anything to the to the gun ranges down there? You know a little bit. You're starting to see gun ranges get get a little bit busier, um, but in the midst of that, uh, our lovely state uh, put an, a, a huge uh, insurance policy requirement to the gun ranges. Um, you know, because they're dangerous. Oh, so um, you're starting to see the cost of uh, being a member to a gun range go up. Uh, and guys are like, oh, I'll just go shoot my back 40, um, unless you're shooting competition, uh, club games, or skeet and trap, you probably can shoot in your back 40. So it's just, it's just, it's been a weird time lately. Yeah. And like, we don't have that luxury with a lot of the guns here because of the restricted guns. Like we can't, I can't just take my AR-15 into the backyard and start shooting off pop cans. Uh-huh. Right. And, 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 that's kind of funny, right? Is um, one of one of our favorite guns right now over here 
uh, to shoot a pellet gun, high power pellet gun. And uh, a friend of mine from out of town came up last weekend and we were shooting in my backyard at seven in the morning. Uh, my kids were right on the porch behind us. Uh, my neighbors never woke up and, you know, we're, we're shooting pigeons at 75 to hundred yards uh, inside of a barn and having a blast. So that's kind of what, we, what we've done with a shortage of ammo is turn to an alternative sporting um, that's still affordable and, and a lot of fun for nuisance control. Pigeons with a pellet gun. There's guys up here using shotguns on those things, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I, I would say we've shot no less than a thousand pigeons in the last month with it. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, they're they're a blast. Pigeon 25 poppers. 25 calibers pressed uh pigeon gun, uh 13 round magazine. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it, it's that loud. America. These aren't your Love like it. uh like Love the it. pellet gun I had growing up where you broke it and then you put the pellet in and closed it. Like these no. are some nice, I, I've seen them. I'm just yeah, making sure people that are just listening can understand. Like, so, you know, we're shooting an FX Dreamline uh, tactical, which is a 25 caliber suppressed uh, pellet gun. It's no louder than a snap of your finger. It's lethal. Um, and of course it's, it's capped with vortex optic. Um, we've got the Vortex Viper PST on it. Um, so yeah, it's not your granddad's pellet gun. It's, uh, wow. you know, we're shooting sub one inch groups at hundred yards. It le- lethal. We shot a wood duck at hundred box at hundred yards. Lethal, lethal pellet gun. Yeah. I want one. Are we allowed Look to have up. those here? They I don't know. That's the thing. You can have them. But over 500, I think it's 500 feet per second. You have to get some kind of, uh, you have to have your gun license, I think. Oh, so what, very restricted. What's the legality of a suppressed then? So I don't think we can bring a suppressor. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, that one. so from my limited experience when it comes to this sort of thing, I'm not. I don't think we're allowed to use suppressors at all. I think the only people that are allowed to use suppressors are law enforcement or military in Canada. So, you know, you see, New York is no different. That's where it's the real weird situation is uh, it's stamped and written for air guns only. Uh, and uh-huh. it's a unique writing and fixture that's only, um, only to an air gun mm-hmm. where... Uh, now I'm sure if you had a fixed something other than air gun, you'd be you'd be in a bad in a bad situation. Yeah. Um, but it's it's specific for an air gun and air gun only. That's okay. why uh, that's why it's legal in, in New York because New York State is a very yeah uh, very liberal minded anti gun uh, state where suppressors are illegal, but this is an air gun suppressor, so it's okay. a different class. Oh, maybe that might be. Uh, I'll just say I I don't know because that's if someone what... knows, comment in the comment section and let us know what it is. Yeah, because please. we're gonna go read the regs and yeah, maybe someone will get it right. I, I'm not bringing it over to Canada. Yeah, no. pro- probably yeah. A, probably a wise yeah. decision. Probably. No, guys... Yeah. What's that? You guys can come over here and have fun with it. Yeah. yeah. One day. Yeah. Someday. I'll get up, get over. I can do Cracker Barrel. I can go shoot a crazy pellet gun and buy some bird dog whiskey. Makes makes for a wonderful trip. And play and with that's all hunting in the states is wicked, eh? Like, like you get up at one in the morning, you hit up one of those twenty four hour breakfast places. You go to your blind. You bring some extra breakfast with you. <laughs> like, well, I wanted to come down a couple years ago. Jordan had done a, a turkey camp down there, and I wanted to so bad to come, but. I was still new to turkey hunting and, and didn't really know if I wanted to come down with a bunch of pros and look like a, a total amateur. And so I yeah. said, yeah, I probably set this one out. But if I had my time back, I totally would have uh, totally would have come down because I think it like I don't know if you know our, our buddy Ian McCleary, Jordan. Yeah. Um, you know, Ian. Yeah. So Ian Ian's bought a property, I think, in, in upstate New York. Um and he's down, and he just tells us all the time about just how awesome the hunting is down there between his deer and uh, deer and turkey. He's loving it down there. 
So the hunting, it, it's really good here. New York's kind of one of those sleeper states that you don't hear a lot about. Um, the turkey hunting has gotten harder in the last three years. I think we're seeing a lot more road hunters, hmm. uh, a lot of predation control, predator control, because the fur market's down. Um, yeah. And a lot of those factors, uh, dry year last year wasn't a great year for the hatch. This year, too wet of a year, not great for the hatch. I think um, it's just it, it, we could our, our numbers could go back up. And, and then with whitetail, uh, our lack of doe tags in my zone. Uh, but they just announced and just released last week that uh, they they opened up doe tags back from my zone. And of course, I applied for two and got denied. Are so, you on a point system down there? Yeah, so it's kind of one weird, you know, I, I applied for two. I have a lifetime license where I bought my license or my parents bought my license from me when I was 12. Uh, so my license costs $600 for the rest of my life. I get it mailed to me the first week of August every year. It comes with a bear tag, four turkey tags, a whitetail tag. Uh, fishing and small, fishing, small game, super sportsman. Um, wow. And I can apply for my two doe tags. So naturally, all three of my kids have already got their lifetime licenses. Yeah. And if you're less than four years old, it's two hundred ninety-five dollars. Wow. wow. That's kind of, that's a pretty nice little system there. Like, that is an awesome system. Yeah. So if you're, I think it's four years old to sixty-five. It's like six hundred and fifty bucks, and then once you're sixty-five and older, it's like four and a quarter. Don't quote me on the exact numbers, right. but it's it substantially drops once you're. Geez, you look at like what a bear tag, four turkeys, oh, and a buck tag would cost you in Canada, like for a year. Yeah, in yeah. Ontario, sorry, right? Like, yeah. But like six hundred dollars for Jordan is like ten thousand dollars for us, anyway. So. <laughs> this is true. What? what yeah, so- I think we're at seventy six, seventy six cents to the dollar right now. Something yeah, like that. It's nuts for what we get. You get, you know, you get your your, your two spring turkey fall turkey your bear uh your buck tag and your two doe tags wow it's quite the quite the opportunity and um yeah so how are you guys up north in canada i should say up north you guys are actually south of me if you look the way uh (laughs) yeah longitudinal lines go is you guys are actually south of me here yeah um things are good here buddy there's no complaints um you know, we're starting to get the geese. Yeah. yeah. All the wheat's oh. coming off right now. Yep. Good times. Like I can tell like when goose seasons come, I have really bad allergies. So like for the first part of goose season, I'm always like half sick with just my nose is all stuffy. Someone's punched me in the throat almost. Right. Sure. And I'm starting to get it now. And I'm like, oh, this means that goose season's coming, which means <laughs> duck season's next. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. I seen, yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, last evening we were eating dinner and I looked back um, to the pond and I seen maybe, I don't know, eight, eight or 10 geese lifting off, lifting off the pond last evening. I haven't seen any today, um, but, you know, they're starting to move about now, um, which is which is good, um, which now that I seen the geese yesterday, now I got to get my ass in gear and get that blind squared away over there. Um, yeah, no, things are good up here, buddy. There's there's no complaint. Well, you know, there's always complaints, but it, it's it's no, minor. No. My, my favorite is the people complaining right now about um like we live in I live in a very rural area. Oh man, the town stinks right now. It's like, well, yeah, the wheat comes off, the shit goes on the field. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's how you get your food. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, Jesus fuck. but it's it only has, and it's usually for, only for a few hours too, right? Like a day. Yeah, and and you know, I live on three hundred acres right behind me of family land, and you know, twenty yards out my back door is a field they just planted two weeks ago. So naturally, they before they planted it two weeks ago, they had to fertilize it. Yeah. Um. You know, we're seeing. You know, I live a uh, hundred yards up from the river, the Saint Lawrence River, and we're seeing. Every every spring and summer we have a flock, a couple flocks of geese that that you know they call that bay their home, and now we're seeing them actually walk across the highway onto my front lawn, and now they're flying across the highway up and over, barely over my house. My kids are going, "Daddy, geese, 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 geese," and now they're landing on my backfield in the morning. So it's yeah, fall's coming, guys. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that uh, protester video where it's like there's a bunch of protesters on this farmer's field? So yes. the farmer just goes and loads up his, he's got a liquid manure spreader. He uh-huh. goes and just fills the fucker up and then just starts doing circles around them. Covers their tent. Covers their tent. What's that? Yeah, covers, covers their tent. Their tent. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. Um, we're at that 60 minute mark, fellas, uh, and which is the magic mark uh, that uh, Corey Baker doesn't go past. So uh, he is the judge. Anything past 60 minutes and, and Corey sort of slaps us and tells us we're going too long. Um, Jordan, buddy, thanks for coming on. It, it was a little bit of a, a shit show tonight, um, just with only the two of us, uh, you um my internet crapping out on me a couple times. Yours crapping out. Um, yeah, but all good, guys. It was great to chat with you guys. And uh, you know, once the border opens up, when we can get together a hunt, maybe we'll do another uh, podcast and talk about our hunt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll do one from New York. Ooh. Let's do it inside guys. that big Whistler boat. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Call shop. We can do it. Yeah, that'd be pretty epic, actually. That'd be pretty. No internet required. Yeah, no, (laughs) no internet required. Awesome. All right, guys. Okay, buddy. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on, buddy. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Dave, buddy, um, we didn't get a chance to do around the table with Jordan. He was like, yeah, I'm out popping smoke. I'm done. (laughs) Um, so, uh, but Jordan's gone. Uh, thanks so much, Jordan, for coming on. And, uh, this was episode six, a little bit of a dirty episode. Uh, but, uh, we got through it and uh, we don't need Ryan, Phil and Merck. Screw those guys. We don't One need... in 60 is okay, but yeah, I'd like to point out that because Ryan, Phil and Merck aren't here is why it was so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, everybody, thanks so much for listening, following. Thanks so much for all the messages that we're sending and all the invites that you're sending out to us to come hunt. Listen, we love it. And we are trying our best to make sure we can work it in our schedule to get down. Uh, especially we've got some pretty good ones, uh, uh, people knocking on our door right now. So uh, making us re re look some of our own personal plans that we've had. So um, thanks so much for, for continuing to support us. Um, like always, we are as advertised. Um, we surround ourselves with good people like like our, our sponsors, um, Real Geese and Vortex. Um, and, and you know, we've got guys like uh, Jeff Coates and all those fellas that that just support us and, and who we call our friends and family. So um, big love. Thanks for listening. Uh, this, I'm getting really long-winded, so I'm going to shut her down right now. Big love. Take care. <laughs>